Welcome in, everybody, to this week's edition of the Future Blue Podcast as a part of uh, the Block and Podcast Network, affiliate of the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Vaughn Lozon, and we have three committed players that we got to talk about because it's been a couple weeks since we uh, last recorded. There have been three commitments since then, but uh, we are we are locked and loaded, ready to go, refreshed, rejuvenated, all that good stuff uh, on a holiday week uh, as we uh, go through uh, the 4th of July here. I hope you all had a great 4th of July as we are uh, recording this podcast beforehand, but uh, this will be released on the 5th. So uh, well after Uncle Sam Day. So uh, again, three committed players to talk about today and joining me to talk about them is Tyler Seeley. Tyler, how you doing, brother? I'm doing pretty good. <clears throat> Just um, trying, trying to grind through this a little bit here. Uh, allergies are kicking my ass yet again from this Canadian <laughs> air that's coming back in here. So yep. uh, doing pretty well, though, uh, other than that. Good. Yeah, I, I I had a little bout with uh you know some some sneezing and whatnot recently too with allergies and stuff. It's never fun. <laughs> it, no, it's not, especially when you have to talk on a podcast for forty uh, ish minutes. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, you will power through. I will power through. Uh, we all will power through because uh, we've got some really good news to talk about today. Since we last recorded, three recruits in the twenty four class have committed to the Michigan Wolverines. And we're just going to start right from, uh, I, I guess, chronological order as far as all of this went. Uh, June 25th, this is when the uh, first committed player uh, happened here for the Maize and Blue. His name is Dominic Nichols. He is a four-star edge from the state of Maryland, plays at Oakdale High School. Uh, listed at 6'5", 252 pounds, ranked number 433 overall on the 24-7 sports composite, number 12, in the state of Maryland, number 30 at the edge position. Chose Michigan over his other top schools, which included Clemson, Florida State, Wisconsin, Georgia, Kentucky, South Carolina, and Virginia Tech. He was offered by Michigan back in January, uh, quickly scheduled an unofficial three-day visit back in April, and then took a, uh, an official visit the weekend of June 9th and uh, really bonded with the coaches and the other players. There were a few committed players there uh, as well, and actually quite a few have committed since that weekend. I think five or so players have uh, have committed ever since that uh, a June 9th weekend. But uh, yeah, I mean, he other than those top schools, he also had other really solid offers from schools like Penn State, Michigan State, Minnesota, Ole Miss, Stanford, Tennessee. I mean, the list kind of just goes on and on there. Um, so uh, several edges now in, in the class, and we'll talk about another one uh, here in a little bit. Uh, but uh, Tyler, I'll bring you in here with uh, Nichols now in the fold. This was one of their top targets along the edge uh, position in this 24 class. Really solid frame at 6'5", 252. This guy's really the limit for this kid. And again, kind of like what we spoke about a couple weeks back regarding edge recruiting. Uh, we we talked about Devin Baxter when he committed uh, being a 6'6 prospect. Dominic Nichols just hovering around that at 6'5". They're really going after a, a certain kind of athlete at the edge position. And uh, we're talking about big, lengthy, 
the the uh, arm reach. I mean, all of that kind of stuff that goes into it, kind of like what we saw uh, with Mike Morris, with Aiden Hutchinson, those kinds of guys. So really good pickup here for Michigan. Another four-star edge prospect in the fold and uh, a, a, one that I think has a, a rather high ceiling uh, in this uh, 24 class, Tyler. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, you know, you, you've alluded to, um, you know, some lengthy, long guys. Um, you know, Aiden Hutchinson was six six, and you know, Dominic Nichols is is just under that at six five, but two fifty two, and he can move too. And that's 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 the key. You know, Michigan has been able to, you know, bring bring guys uh, off the edge for a long time, even going back to the Don Brown defense. So, um, you know, this is this is a good get for Michigan, as as we always say. Um, to get a four star player out of the state of Maryland is obviously another good thing. Maryland is a pretty big football state from from all our our understandings here. And, um, you know, to, to get them, you know, away from a school like Wisconsin, who you could, you know, have some bouts with, you know, in the future, I, I think that's huge for Michigan. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point about Wisconsin because he was trending for a second towards going to Wisconsin. He had officially visited there the weekend prior to his official visit at Michigan. And there was a crystal ball actually put in by the Wisconsin insider. I guess the intel was that he had kind of silently committed on that visit and then took this official visit to Michigan and kind of locked in everything after that. So he ended up canceling an official visit to Virginia Tech. And uh, that's pretty much when he locked in his spot with the Wolverines uh, is uh, following that uh, 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 official visit to Michigan. I think he took one to Kentucky the weekend after but uh, he was pretty much already in the fold at that point. And yeah, really good prospect. Like we said, prototype kind of edge prospect that Michigan has coveted uh, since Harbaugh has been in town, at least probably going back even further than that. But my recruiting uh, it, knowledge goes to the Harbaugh days at the very beginning. But yeah, 6'5", 252, really solid prospect to pair up with Devin Baxter. They've got two just freakish athletes on the edge in this class now. And uh, I, I do think that there is room to grow for Nichols as far as his recruiting ranking goes on the composite. He's 433 overall and on 24 sevens personal rankings. He is a three-star hovering around four-star range. So with a strong senior season, we could see him rise up the rankings kind of like what we've seen recently with Jaden Smith, the, uh, uh, now four-star defensive athlete for Michigan. He was a three-star, I think, ranked somewhere in the five or six hundreds when he first committed, maybe even lower than that. But now he's in the three hundreds, and he's a solid four-star talent uh, ranked above Nichols at this point uh, on the composite. So I don't know. I, I feel like these guys that Michigan go after, they 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 start in the three-star range, uh, it, like guys like Dominic Nichols and and Gene Smith and even Micah Capano, who saw his rankings uh, grow a little bit. Um, it, they just have such an eye for talent, like Jay Harbaugh and these assistant coaches. They really know what they want out of their players, uh, at specific positions, and and you kind of see it as the uh, recruiting cycle goes on. They increase their ranking, and you know sometimes like with Jane Smith goes from a three star to a four star, and. Obviously, the cycle has, you know, another five, six, seven months to go uh, before it's all said and done as far as rankings go. So uh, there's plenty of time to see all of this out. And uh, I, I rest assured, I, I do think Nichols is a good pickup, even though he's right around three star range. But I, I think there is uh, room to grow for him 
uh, as a recruit rankings wise. So as we know, too, like, you know, the stars, you know, only mean so much, you know, Jim Harbaugh and the coaching staff can really coach some of these players up. I mean, you look at some of the players previously that weren't even, you know, a two star and they turned them into really good players. So, yeah. um, it's not it's not always about the stars. Obviously, you know, the more five stars and four stars you have, the better off your talent is. But just to ask Texas A&M, it doesn't always matter. That's true. I mean, it's a great point. Coaching matters. I mean, the stars definitely matter, but coaching matters just as much, in my opinion. And I mean, if you get a five star player uh, and you don't know how to coach them, you're not going to get the most out of that five star player. So Jim Harbaugh, those guys really know how to coach. And like you've said, I mean, they have turned some very low-ranked recruits into stud players. You look at Ronnie Bell, Hassan Haskins, the Glasgow brothers, for God's sake. I mean, it's yeah. just, you, you could just go on and on and on about guys that were ranked very low that turned into really good players. Even DJ Turner, who was a three-star player in his recruiting days, just turned into a second-round pick at the cornerback position. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, you can go up and down the roster, really, and uh, it's, it, there's an example somewhere. Uh, so very well could be the next one there with Dominic Nichols. But we will uh, move our attention to the next player who committed. This was just three days later on June 28th, and this one is a massive pickup for Michigan. And uh, I, I don't think we're going to have to talk about, uh, you know, outplaying their recruiting ranking with this player because he's already a four-star player, solid four-star player at the linebacker position right here in the state of Michigan from Belleville. His name is Jeremiah Beasley, 6'1", 210 pounds, uh, it ranked 312 overall on the composite, number 26 at the linebacker position, and number six in the state of Michigan. Chose the Wolverines over Michigan State, Tennessee, Pitt, uh, so many other schools in there for him as well. Uh, he took an official visit to Missouri before uh, announcing his commitment to Michigan. He got his offer from Michigan two years ago, back in June of 2021, and he has been on campus so many times since then. Took his official visit to Ann Arbor just a few weeks back with some of the other top targets for Victor's Weekend, which I believe was the weekend of June 16th. Uh, he Just a phenomenal athlete at the linebacker position. Last year as a junior at Belleville, he had 108 total tackles. He was an all-conference, all-region, and all-state player in the state of Michigan. And uh, he's not just a defensive player. He he put up some stats on the offensive side of the ball as well. Uh, rushed in 27 touchdowns at the running back position. Uh, that is according to his huddle page. Really, really solid player. So, and, and I don't want to you know understate this because uh, Michigan has several linebacker commits now at this point. Uh, Cole Sullivan, Zach Ludwig. You could lump in Jaden Smith there as the defensive athlete, but. With Aaron Childs committing to Florida a few weeks ago, kind of in a stunner while he was uh, taking his official visit to Florida, uh, this really made the Jeremiah Beasley commitment that much more important. And now I think Michigan can focus on some other areas of need in the 24 class because you've got a plethora of options now at the linebacker position. And it's been reported that Chris Partridge was eyeing Jeremiah Beasley from the get-go once he came back to Ann Arbor, had him as LB1 on his linebacker board in this class, and now that you got him locked in, 
with this class committed to the Wolverines, you can kind of turn your attention to the 25 class as it comes to the linebacker position. So Tyler, I, like I said, I can't understate how important this uh, commitment is. He's a really good player and a position that Michigan needed after the, uh, especially after the Aaron Childs commitment to Florida. So really, uh, really valuable prospect to Michigan in this class, uh, just from, you know, he's an in-state kid at a position of need. I mean, w- what else do you really want out of a player when it comes to all of that? Really, really solid pickup for Michigan. Yeah, you know, we always talk about um, when Michigan is on top and better than Michigan State, the best players in Michigan go to Michigan. So, yeah. um, you know, this uh, this should be a slam dunk. You know, you do have the caveat that his um, was his stepbrother um, plays football at Michigan State. So obviously there was a little bit of sway there. But, you know, when, when push came to shove, uh, Steve Klinkscale and Chris Partridge were able to, you know, nail this down and, and get this recruitment and or get this commitment. And, um, you know, the number six player in the state of Michigan should go to Michigan. So I, I don't see, you know, any negative in this. I think that, you know, he is exactly what they needed, especially at the top of this linebacker pool. Um, and, and this, this recruiting cycle. So I'm, I'm happy with this one. I think this is one that we absolutely needed. And, um, you know, going forward, I mean, this, this is a good way to start. I mean, the linebacker position is extremely important. You just look at, um, you know, across college football, how important the linebacker position is. And to have a guy like Jeremiah Beasley coming in, that's going to be huge. Yeah, linebacker is certainly, I mean, if you get a stud, I mean, you look at LSU last year with Harold Perkins, he changed the way that they played defense. And I'm not saying Beasley is Harold Perkins by any means, because he was a five-star player, really talented high school prospect, um, <clears throat> kind of just in his own uh, in his own ranking field, I guess, if you, however way you want to put it. But yeah, I mean, there's so, so important to get, Beasley on board and he's recruiting some of the other guys that Michigan's going after, like uh, uh, just four star cornerback uh, Aaron Scott from the state of Ohio. He's he's grown close with some of the other guys that visited during Victor's weekend as well. So it really cannot um, uh, overstate how important this commitment is for the maize and blue. And you bring up the best players in Michigan go to Michigan is certainly, I mean, they got the number two player, the number four player and the number six player now committed in the class. And uh, you, you can argue that the other guys, they didn't really want, like they, they haven't recruited Nick Marsh whatsoever for whatever reason. They didn't really recruit Brandon Davis Swain all that much. He committed to Colorado, uh, you know, CJ Carr, they were probably recruiting him for a little while, but he wanted to go to Notre Dame. So really, I mean, if you just miss out on one guy, in the state that you were recruiting in this class, I say that's a win. So you got three really highly regarded prospects within the state of Michigan. And there's a ton in the 25 class as well, that they're already doing a really solid work with Bryce Underwood. I mean, he's certainly uh, the crown jewel of that class within the state of Michigan. Uh, Alex Graham at uh, Kaz Tech at the four-star safety. Uh, Bobby Kanka from Howell, four-star defensive lineman. I mean, I could just go on with those guys too. But in-state recruiting, certainly important. You want to keep the highly talented players in the state. And uh, that's exactly what the Wolverines did with Jeremiah Beasley. So really, really uh, a big pickup there. And uh, you can kind of shift your focus uh, to other positions in this 24 class. Um, uh, Tyler, anything else regarding uh, yeah, Beasley? More, 
more importantly, you, you want to keep them in state and more most importantly, away from, you know, a school like Michigan State. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Michigan State was one of the big front runners for a while. They had some crystal balls for Jeremiah Beasley for the longest time. I mean, they had like three or four crystal ball predictions. Uh, and, and it did seem like Michigan State was a legitimate leader at one point. It, you brought up the fact that uh, his half-brother Malik Carr is uh, a tight end at Michigan State. That certainly played a role, and he was the uh, lead, uh, I, I guess, student uh, for him on his official visit to Michigan State. But, you know, at the end of the day, Chris Partridge, he came back to Michigan, and he came into this recruitment headstrong. And uh, that's that's exactly how Michigan was able to win this one. Uh, you know, a, another uh, checked box as far as uh, re- recruiting wins over your in-state rival goes. So we'll move on to our final recruit here. Uh, a- another huge pickup, a kid from the state of Ohio, played at, uh, down in the state of Florida last year, but he's coming back to Ohio uh, to play his senior season of high school football. We are talking about Elias Rudolph, who committed on Monday evening to the maize and blue. He is a four-star edge prospect, little bit of a different edge, even though we were talking about like the six, six guys. Um, I have a feeling that he is going to play like the Jalen Harrell role in the Michigan defense. He is, he is a bit of a different build at six, four, uh, 215 pounds. He's uh, ranked 291 overall on the composite number 23 at the edge position and number 44 in the state of Florida. We'll see what happens once they uh, uh, tinker with his, uh, uh, his profile. Once he goes back to Ohio, he's from uh, Cincinnati, which is uh, really a stomping grounds for Steve Klinkscale and the guys uh, recruiting within the state of Ohio, but he chose Michigan over other offers from uh, Ohio state Pitt, Miami, so many other uh, solid schools in there as well. Penn State was another one that was uh, solidly in the running for him. Uh, really good get. I mean, they've got three edge prospects in the 2024 class at this point with him and Nichols and Baxter. Um, so they, suddenly, I mean, you go from zero edge recruits just a couple weeks ago to now you've got three committed in this uh, 2024 cycle. Um, it, Tyler, I mean, the edge position looking as strong as ever. Uh, for the future of the Michigan Wolverines, you've got three really solid recruits now uh, along the edge. I don't know if they're going to take any more or how hard they're going to recruit any more edge prospects in this class. But at the very least, Rudolph is a really good pickup from a state that they've really been focusing on in the state of Ohio in this class and uh, may or may not be the last Ohio recruit we'll talk about. Uh, committing to Michigan. We'll see what Aaron Scott does at the end of July. But when it comes to Rudolph Tyler, really important pickup as well. And an edge prospect that they've been recruiting for a really long time was seen as an Ohio State lean for a while. Uh, Anytime that you can get a kid from Ohio to commit to you over Ohio State, I consider that a major win on the recruiting trail. What say you, my man? Yeah, no. And and you got, what, six crystal balls in favor of Michigan. So that would be that would be huge get. Obviously, we talk about it's about six hours away from him actually committing to Michigan. Um, what you got, Penn State, or, sorry, Pitt, Pitt, and Ohio State as as you know the top three. So we'll see where that goes. You know, hopefully it will be Michigan. Um, but you know, you can never really, you can never really predict. Um, 
or you can predict, but you know, it's not always a hundred percent. So it would be huge to get him. You know, he is uh, the type of player that, that Michigan can add to this edge and maybe, you know, play in other positions as well. Cause he is, he looks like a very athletic kind of player, even though he is six, five, two Oh five, but he's a little leaner than, than, you know, a guy like Jeremiah Beasley or, or I guess Dominic Nichols more at the edge position. So this would be a huge get, especially anytime you can get an Ohio kid to go to Michigan, even though I know it says Deerfield Beach, Florida as his hometown. But, um, you know, you said he's coming back to Ohio. So that that would be huge to get. Um, you know, Michigan has been trying to make more inroads in Ohio, and they've done a really good job. Steve Klinkscale has in, in kind of getting that pipeline back through Ohio, because as we we've talked about before, you know, some of the best players in Michigan football history are from the state of Ohio. So um, that rivalry runs deep and you do have some players in that state that will choose Michigan, you know, if, if you give them a reason to. Yeah. thousand percent. Um, and, and I don't want to uh, diminish one of the other edge prospects that I, you know, I said that they may or may not go after other edge players. Jacob Smith is probably the one that they would continue to recruit and probably want to get him on board as well with them getting uh, his uh, twin brother, Jared Smith, the uh, interior defensive lineman, to commit to Michigan. But, yeah, I mean, any win with a prospect in the state of Ohio uh, that had an Ohio State offer and was recruited as hard uh, as Ohio State was recruiting him, uh, they were going after him for quite some time. And I'm not exactly sure what changed. Maybe they had more confidence in some of their other higher targets on their board. Um, with Dylan Stewart and some of those other guys at the edge position that they're uh, definitely in on in this class. But uh, yeah, I mean, a- any time that you can get an Ohio kid uh, to commit to you, it's that's a huge win in my book. And and you mentioned that some of the best players in Michigan history are from Ohio. I mean, it's a talent rich state, right? So uh, anytime that you can get these four star, five star players from Ohio to at least consider going up north to go to Michigan, I. I think that's uh, a huge development in and of itself. And then you've got guys uh, committing left and right from the state of Ohio in this class uh, for the maize and blue. I, I Let me just quickly look at their commitment list. But yeah, I mean, by state, they've got four players from the state of Ohio committed. That's the most out of any state uh, in the 24 cycle for Michigan. So I mean, that's even more than their own state. They've got three kids from the state of Michigan. Uh, committed so yeah I mean really really important pickup here and uh, the edge position is starting to fill out now so really I mean once you take a look uh, from a a, 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 I guess a a broader view of Michigan's 24 class they really don't have a whole lot of pressing needs at this point outside of cornerback maybe taking one more safety but uh, this class is shaping up really nicely Tyler and it's looking really good at number four overall in the uh, country on the uh, composite rankings here. So uh, we'll certainly see how uh, everything shapes up here, but 25 commits in this class now. And uh, you know, it's, it's just continuing to continuing to grow by the day. Uh, Certainly we'll, we'll probably see it get towards 30, if not higher than 30, um, just depending on how uh, the cycle shakes out. So uh, Tyler, any other final thoughts when it comes to uh, Elias Rudolph or anything that I just spewed your way? 
Yeah. So um, my my interesting part is here, or my interesting thought here is, you know, you see Michigan at four, you see Ohio State at two. Um, will Michigan be able to make that jump at some point, whether it's in this this cycle here in 2024 or if it's in the 2025 cycle? I think, you know, that's where the changing of the guard will start to happen in terms of like, you know, you've beaten them on the field a couple times, but in terms of talent, you're still not quite there. Um Although, you know, when, when the talent gets developed, you know, we can argue that Michigan's talent is a little bit better um, under pressure and, and, you know, in in the real world kind of thing. But then, you know, you look at Ohio State, they have four or five stars. Michigan's got zero. But where Michigan is, is kind of cleaning up here, so you got 16 four-star recruits or uh, four-star uh, commitments. So, I mean, where, where they're – what is what is the biggest gap? Where do you think the the gap is? Or you just think that the five stars typically choose Georgia, Ohio State, and you know Alabama, Clemson, kind of? Um, that's a really good question, man. I I think the gap is somewhat with uh with NIL at this point. I think once they revamp their NIL or get it onto the uh the playing field that Georgia and some of these other schools are at, I think you will start to see. Some more five stars committing to Michigan, but I think the winning on the field is really the key point. So if you go undefeated again in the regular season, like you did last year, make it to the big 10 championship game, get back to the CFP. I think you'll start to see this 25 class. You're going to see some kids uh, that, uh, that are going to give Michigan a stronger look that that maybe in the past they wouldn't have uh, particularly, um, I mean, you're seeing Bryce Underwood, the top quarterback in the class, uh, really giving Michigan a strong look at this point uh, with, you know, coming off two straight wins over Ohio State, two CFP appearances, two Big Ten championships. So if you make it three in a row, I think you're going to start to see some of these uh, some of these five star kids really give Michigan a strong look, because in my opinion, I mean, they, they've had some five star kids uh really in consideration to join Michigan's class in 24. Jane Davis was a five-star at one point. He's not anymore. Justin Scott, we just saw commit to Ohio State over Michigan and Notre Dame, some other schools. That was kind of a shocker the other night. Um, And and Ryan Wingo, I've never viewed as like a legitimate five-star prospect uh, in in regards to Michigan's chances with him. But I, I think if they just do it one more time, I think you'll start to see a whole lot of kids, highly regarded kids, uh, want to play at Michigan, uh, regardless of where they're at in the country, regardless of, uh, you know, ranking or you know how high they are ranked or you know what have you. Um, so I, I I think those are probably the two biggest. What 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 would you say? Yeah, I was looking at um, a list the other day, um, one of the college football pages I posted, and it, it was the uh, the top ten collectives in college football. I wish I had it up. But here's the thing, no Michigan, no Ohio State in the top 10. And that's where that's where the biggest the biggest gap is, I feel like, because then, you know, you you have schools like Ole Miss that have the Grove Collective and, and it's like eighth in the country. It's like Ole Miss is a tiny school compared to Michigan and Ohio State. So, like, that's where my thing is like, OK, NIL is important, certainly winning on the field is important. I think it's if you're not going to do the whole pay for play, you better win on the field. And if you're not if you're not going to win on the field, you better do the pay for play. You better do a better job at NIL. And I think they're trying. I really do think they're trying. I think the biggest thing is is trying to get over the hurdle of like once you do, um, you know, 
once you do get that commitment is are the are the the grades going to be good enough to get into the school and the, that's that's where mm-hmm. you have a whole discussion whether um are they collegiate athletes or are they you know someone where where the school should turn a blind eye and say you know what you know they're here to play football and, and we all know that so we all know what what most of them are there for anyways uh try to get to the next level and obviously try to get their education but more 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 than anything probably trying to get to the next level so um you know they've been playing the sport since they were little kids just like everybody um you know growing up playing sports so it's to me it's like there's there's no right or wrong way to to do it i don't think i just think that if you're gonna win on the field it's gonna help and obviously if you do the nil thing then you look like georgia because you know they won back-to-back national titles and now they're going to have the top recruiting class more than likely in the 2024 cycle with three five stars um and 12 four stars so you know they're 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 on another level right now yeah i mean they're on their own playing field for sure but yeah i mean winning i think nil uh all of that kind of plays a role in uh, being able to at least have a seat at the table for these higher ranked recruits that you know michigan certainly they they they've tried for a lot of them Walter Nolan and Nicholas Harbor and uh uh gosh the edge prospect from Ohio that went to Ohio State a few cycles ago uh, drawn a blank on his name right now but it, you get the picture I mean they certainly have give it their best with some of these kids but I I, I think one more season of winning and uh, getting back to the playoff and and I think even putting a lot more kids. In the NFL, I think they're going to have a lot of NFL prospects on this team with obviously the running backs and some of the offensive linemen. And we'll see how Cornelius Johnson, Roman Wilson, J.J. McCarthy and, uh, you know, Junior Colson on the defensive side of the ball. And we'll start to see some of these other uh, defensive players um, kind of emerge with, you know, we'll see Brain McGregor and so, some of those guys. We'll see. We'll see how many guys get put into the NFL after the season on Michigan, I think it'll be a pretty good amount. And and I think, you know, if, if all things go right, I think recruiting could kind of take off in the 25 class. It's already a really, really, really good class in 24. Um, I, I think they'll finish top 10, but I think 25 has the chance to be really, really good uh, moving forward here with, with some of the guys that they're in on. So uh, I, I wholeheartedly agree with that. And also, yeah. you know, in terms of the whole NIL thing, I think Michigan's trying. I think they do. Um, we all know they have the money to do it. They have the collectives. They have the the backing, you know, that will do it. You know, the Stephen Rosses of the world and, and stuff like that. So I think it's just a matter of, of trying to get in front of it and trying to do the best that they can. Obviously they kind of fell behind, but I mean, look at their top 10 recruiting class right now. Um, it could, they could still jump Florida and end up being the third or, or even maybe jump Ohio state and be the second or third, um, you know, in this 2024 cycle. So, I mean, that would be huge. Obviously I, I think the biggest thing is like, once you do get those players on campus, can you develop them? And they've, they've proven that they can. So, yeah. Yeah, they they definitely have, and they probably will continue to do so. I have no reason to doubt that they will. So that's all the time we got for today on today's Future Blue podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Vaughn underscore Lozon. Tyler, where can the folks follow you at on Twitter? Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at SealDog91 for some of my good and bad takes. <laughs> <laughs> we've all got good takes. We've all got bad takes, and uh you know, I, I hope you guys don't waste some of your uh, viewed tweets uh, on too many of mine 
uh, you know, I, I, I mainly just post the stuff on uh, the articles from Maze and Brew. So if you're interested in any of that, uh, you know, head to mazeandbrew.com too. Got tons of recruiting content there, and uh, we'll certainly uh, continue to bring you the latest and greatest on Future Blue in uh, future editions of the podcast here. We're, we're, we've hit the uh, recruiting dead period. So, uh, you know, if there's some lulls in, in uh, uh, Michigan football recruiting news, may take a week or so off, but uh, we'll certainly try and bring you uh, the latest and greatest when it comes to Michigan football recruiting news, as we always do on the podcast. So for Tyler Seeley, my name is Vaughn Lozon. We will be back next time with another edition of the Future Blue Podcast.